This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this afternoon. I want you to, uh, I want you to think about the reading we just heard, not with a heart of faith, but with a skeptical mind. If it helps, imagine that you do not know that Jesus is anything else but a teacher. You're a first century person who has just been introduced to him. For someone to make such claims. Now, what if later today you were introduced to someone and that someone said, Hi, I'm the bread that has come down from heaven. You would, you would look at your friend who just introduced the person and say, I'm sorry, what did he just say? Anyone who seriously made such claims would easily be labeled a kook, a nut, certifiable. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, makes the following statement about Jesus. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic, not on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. Throughout the book, Lewis argues for the truthfulness and importance of the Christian faith. But before we go any further, let me recommend this. If you have a friend who has any doubts about the Christian faith, go get this book, Mere Christianity, and give it to them. If they are honest in their doubts, it will overcome many of them. In the book, you will find the following idea put forth. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, a legend, or Lord. This scene from Jesus' life, John 6, 41 through 52, demonstrates these four possibilities. Jesus is either. First, you can come to the conclusion that Jesus was a liar. That is, in essence, what the Jews accuse him of when he is teaching in the synagogue. At some point after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee and lands in the area known as Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a lush green area of Palestine. Here we go. Here's to come Jesus' second home. Born in Bethlehem, he now makes Capernaum his base of operation. Situated on the sea, it gives him access by land as well as sea. The disciples are called from this area. Jesus is no longer an unknown in town. They know him and his family, and this is, the, this is the point of contention with the leaders in the synagogue. You are the son of Joseph and Mary from Nazareth, north of here. How is it then that you say you are the bread which came down from heaven? It's a rather easy question to pose. Jesus is the 29-year-old boy of Joseph, born of the flesh and blood, as the rest of us. God did not drop him down from heaven like some prophet of old sent back to judge God's people. The only conclusion you can come to, armed with this information, is that Jesus is lying. You cannot come from the womb of Mary and also come down from heaven. It's either one or the other, but not both. Unless, unless, it is here that we have to give thanks for Joseph. You know, he did such a thorough job of concealing Mary's situation that the unusual circumstances of her pregnancy never got out. What do we call these unusual circumstances? The virgin birth? It is part of our creed, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus is both born of man and born of God. 
born just the way you and I have been born, but conceived in the womb differently, not by the will or effort of man. He is the God-man, son of God and son of man. This is what is lacking in the mind of the Jewish leaders, and Jesus doesn't dare get into a conversation about how he has come from heaven. If they did not believe based on the feeding of the 5,000 uh, or the healings or the power over the demons, they would not be convinced by a story of his virgin birth. It would be too easy for them to dismiss this as another lie and a tale told by an idiot. You can come to the conclusion that Jesus was a lunatic. Some of the Jewish leaders, no doubt, held this view. But the leaders have to be careful here. Jesus is immensely popular with the people, so they instead casually suggest that he is lying. They hold the more serious charge until such time as it is needed. But you almost can't blame them. Even Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Take a look with me at the claims Jesus makes in these short ten verses. Jesus claims, I have come down from heaven. I will cause your resurrection. I am the object of the prophet's teaching. I am from God. I have seen the Father. He who believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. This bread is greater than Moses' manna. You will live forever with my bread. This bread is my flesh, given for the life of the world. Now, taking these claims into consideration, if man is not God himself, then he is an absolute lunatic. lunatic. The last claim alone is enough to convict him. My flesh given for the life of the world. How the Jewish leaders ask, can this man give us his flesh to eat? Of course, we understand this is a reference to the cross, but here again, Jesus cannot go into detail. But let's you and I go into some detail. The bread image seems to be the point of confusion. What is meant by bread? Bread was just a figure of speech. He wasn't talking about an actual loaf of heavenly bread or some kind of spiritual power. He was simply using it as a metaphor. Bread, when we break it, sustains our bodies. His body, when broken on the cross, sustains our souls. In a word, we are forgiven, and therefore we shall live forever with God in right relationship. <laughs> this is what the Jewish leaders do not understand. Indeed, they cannot. Not even his disciples understood it until after the resurrection. The teaching is too new, too different. He could not look at the Jewish leaders in the eye and say, oh, and by the way, what I meant by that bread thing is that you are all going to crucify me on a cross and there will be no longer any need for the temple sacrifices because I will be the ultimate and final sacrifice for the sins of the world. <laughs> Even if they understood the full meaning of his teachings, they still would have come to the same inescapable conclusion. Here is a lunatic. His lies are so far-fetched that he is delusional. He thinks he's God. The third option is perhaps the most attractive of the three. You can come to the conclusion that Jesus was a legend. Now, some people make the mistake of saying Jesus never existed. Because that's not what is meant. He did exist. Jesus, the man, was not a legendary figure. The story of his life and his teachings was not concocted out of thin air. Historians agree that he existed. What you have to grapple with is his life. What is meant by legend is that after his death on a cross, a story developed that he was resurrected. The legend grew to include the divinity, his miracles, and his powers. These exaggerations eventually found their way into the teachings of Jesus and the writings we call the Gospels.
As a result, Jesus, the divine son of God, is the myth of storytellers, not the fact of history. That is what is meant when Jesus is viewed as a legend. So again, it is absolutely unreasonable to suggest Jesus was anything else than a real person. Take the story of King Arthur and the Round Table. It is generally agreed that there was a man named Arthur in Britain who was a war hero some 1,500 years ago. He waged a successful campaign against Saxon settlers. That's about all that can be said with any certainty. Was he a king? Probably not. A king? Probably not. The Round Table? Unclear whether it existed. Might have. But there was no sword in the stone, no Merlin the Magician, and no Holy Grail. These were all legends that developed around a great war hero. We all understand legends, and many in our own culture. The problem with this view is it is nearly impossible to go into the Bible and separate the man, the message, and the miracles. Look at it this way. At the very core of Jesus' teachings is the message that he is divine. If you remove this from his message, you remove much of his teaching. In the Gospel of John alone, you have the right, the eight I am sayings. Jesus said himself, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. These eight sayings may uh, have one conclusion that Jesus is God. Now, one of two things happened here. Either Jesus said these things about himself, or the church after his death developed these ideas and John put them on the lips of Jesus. But let me ask you, why would the disciples of whom John was one commit their lives and give their lives as martyrs, knowing they had fabricated the supernatural aspects of Jesus? I can understand one, maybe two of them creating a legend around their teacher, but not all of them. Not all would go to their deaths for what they knew to be a myth. Not all of them would devote their entire existence, giving up family and home to perpetuate a lie. So we are left with this. The picture that is presented of Jesus is a genuine, accurate record of what happened. Yes, they have their personal reasons for writing their letters, but his miracles are not legends. His powers are not the stuff of fables. His claim of deity is not the fictitious work of a writer. So finally, you come to the fourth conclusion that he is Lord. And let's review our choices. The list of choices is that Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, a legend, or Lord. And let me add here that uh, these are your only choices. Left off the list are some pretty attractive alternatives. Prophet is not on the list. I mean, we'd like to relegate him to this status. The entire Muslim world does teacher and rabbi is not on the list. Many have put him here, pointing to the importance of his life and teaching. They recognize that he shaped world history. Also off the list is the great moral teacher, sage, philosopher, or ethicist. Why? Why are none of these on the list? It is because, as C.S. Lewis pointed out, Jesus has not left that option open for us. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. A great moral teacher would not call himself God. A rabbi who is merely a rabbi would not call himself Lord. We're left with the one option. He is Lord. If you call him a liar, let me ask you, what teachings exactly are lies? One could not reject all his teachings on life as lies. You would be heartless to do so. His teachings, understood on a natural human level, are some of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all mankind. And 
Could someone so insightful be so insane at the same time? If you call him a lunatic, let me ask you, in what way is he insane? His actions do not portray a man who is unstable. You might cite his belief about who he was, his belief that he was God, as an example. There might be some merit to this if any of his contemporaries, the Jewish leaders of his disciples, or his disciples, viewed him as such. But perhaps you could say that the charge of blasphemy was the equivalent. It's interesting to note that Jesus demonstrated some of the world's most acute and critical thinking when challenged by his adversaries. This is not the mark of a deranged man. Now, if you call him a legend, let me ask you. Were you there when man walked on the moon or Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address? No, you were not. How do you know then? You say, someone told me that it's precisely right, and someone told you told me that Jesus lived. There were eyewitnesses who touched him, saw him, heard him in his teachings and life's story, the work of disciples who wanted to make him more than he really was. Why they did why did they devote their lives to a literary ghost? No, he's not a liar. He's not a lunatic or a legend. He's but one. He's Lord. Amen. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Please be seated for the announcements. This is the fun part. Um, uh, pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to email us anytime. Pray at DallasULC.com. We pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. And uh, if, if you'd like for us to pray for you, please just give us uh, an email. Let us know if you want to remain anonymous. You can put your name in. Uh, we can also uh, have you uh, have us pray for you on Sundays and, and have the whole congregation pray for you. Pray at DallasULC.com. Good thing to do, right? Right. Also, if you want to, also if you want to dedicate a service to a loved one uh, who's passed on, or a loved one who's having a birthday, or any kind of special event, you want to de dedicate a service to them for a, uh, a small donation to the church. We will be glad to uh, announce their names at the service. Their name will be in the bulletin. It's it's kind of a nice little gift. I mean, I, I think it's a cool gift. So, and a wonderful way to, to memorialize somebody who, who you love who has passed on. Okay. Hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? Did y'all know that we have a pod? We have a podcast. Yeah, it's been nice. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this podcast is pretty awesome. See, you went too fast there. Remember I told you about that? <laughs> we have a podcast. Because I like to talk about the podcast before we give away all the right. secrets. That's all right. That's all right. You know, we, yeah, our podcast, this is what we're on. We're on, um, we are on Radio Public. We're on Anchor. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Pocket Cast, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Overcast, and, of course, my favorite. Well, they're all my favorites. Spotify. Spotify. So, guys, if you haven't checked out our podcast, please check it out. It is. It is. All you do is do a search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. Your Path with Bishop Mark. You can do that anywhere on Google, anywhere you can find podcasts being played. Your Path with Bishop Mark. I guarantee you will find our podcast. Okay. Is that the only announcements we've got today? I think it is. It's hot and wet here and, and humid in Dallas. Um, we had some technical difficulties today, but that's okay. Our, uh, our uh, deacon, uh, Partain, is, is out today for personal reasons. Um, and hopefully he will be back next week. We do genuinely miss him here. Um, his presence is genuinely, genuinely missed. We're not all trained in, in, in as well as he is to, to do the work as he does, and he is sorely missed when he is not here. So we, I, we do too. We do too. Um, so keep uh, uh, Deacon Partain in your prayers, if you would, please. Okay. Okay.